0: I grind for the love of the game. My takes are honestly a little hazy. I grind for the love of the game, and I'll gr- keep grinding until somebody pays me. It's good? Oh, it's a good ryman scheme there, Flying J. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, that one popped in my head the other day, and I did jot it down. So I can't, I can't take credit for any freestyle on that one. But uh, was that was that over a hazy IPA are you into those hazies? I'm I'm way past my IPA phase. It doesn't mean I won't enjoy one once, but it has to be like in a you know like in a situation it has to be like uh an event or whatever but you know i mean they're just so they're so heavy they're so heavy like yeah. three and you're just full as hell feeling like a loaf like i don't know my ipa phase was like 10 years ago and i'm still still into
1: them but no i'm not i'm not really that dude dang either am i i feel like i feel a little hipstery that we're both not into ipas right now though is that the new hipster thing to not be into ipas uh, well, I mean, it just kind of feels like counter the rest of, uh, whatever else is doing. It kind of feels like salmony.
0: You know, breweries are pretty mainstream. I mean, it's the most safe and sterile place to meet a first date because they're very predictable. They're consistent. They don't try too hard, so they're not that interesting. So in that way, you won't offend anybody. If you don't know much about somebody, a brewery is a great meeting spot.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Their food the food is really like, uh, right down the middle. your hamburger nothing too exciting yeah that's a good point i like that
0: buffalo cauliflower you know 14 dollar cauliflower that's flavored exotically
1: Mm, dang you have you have you have more exciting breweries in your area than you get buffalo cauliflower wow that's amazing they haven't they haven't learned about that one in (laughs) in my town yet
0: i did have a general sow cauliflower at a brewery in bend oregon that was insanely good god that sounds
1: amazing it was unnecessarily good Wow, we're not. This is that's no, 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 no. you just (laughs) sidetracked the entire pod. I'm lost on this. (laughs) I was just gonna say, I'm still segueing with the phrase,
0: but we're not here to talk about cauliflower. (laughs) Okay, so today's pod, uh, today's pod rolled out of our last pod. We were talking about some of the glue guys, um, and in particular, when we were discussing Royce O'Neill. Um, Royce O'Neal being a player that is a connective tissue piece that um, kind of feeds off the stars on his own team. So, you know, with Kevin Durant Durant being out or Kyrie's out, you don't see a big jump in usage from a Royce O'Neal. He doesn't step in um, into a high usage role very well. Um, So I wanted to look at some players who are also on the margins that do have that capability. So I'm calling this the all underutilized team. Um, So these are players that we feel are currently being marginalized by their team for whatever reason. Um, They could be an injury away, multiple injuries away, or a trade away from consistent production um, or the sort of production that we feel like they're capable of. Um, So that was a general premise. um, Before I kick it over to you, I wanted to remember to give a quick update that uh, Projecting the Jump officially does have a TikTok page now. Um, Nate Chonclean and I have never used TikTok, um, but please do add projecting the jump pod on the old TikTok and you'll get to see our very first content drop soon. So shout out to our social media manager, the great cheeseburger Randy Jokic. Uh, We appreciate all the work you've been putting in. Um, Make sure sure to write it off on your taxes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Nate, go ahead and just uh, let the people know kind of how you approach this list. And once you compiled it and taken a look at it, what was the general theme? What were some of the, um, what were some of the common threads of the players you ended up doing?
1: Yeah, we we had kind of had, had kicked around that that topic of underutilized, um, which was a little challenging in in a way because in some you know for most of these players you can see from the team perspective you're like oh yeah that guy isn't getting minutes because he isn't as good or it isn't helping you know the the team in real life and and obviously we don't care about that as much in fantasy um we just want to see those numbers uh get up there um but so i think i I was also viewing it through the lens of uh of uh the this player could put up numbers like you were saying in that right situation which i think was uh this is a good timing for it because we're, it's right kind of leading into the NBA trade deadline. So it's kind of a guys to keep an eye on as we kind of get closer to that, uh, that season. Really well Uh, said. Yeah. yeah, Which I I was curious before we kind of launch into some of the guys kind of ask you a question. What's your philosophy? And I have a feeling that we're going to be on, on opposite sides of this spectrum a little bit, but maybe not Um, when it comes to, that say like the week of the trade deadline um what's your philosophy on using your ads you know if you're in a week you're in a league that only has so many ads uh on picking up guys on speculative ads for like if if a trade goes down
0: you know i really try to save my roster moves or my bullets that week for when something goes down um it's for me on the trade deadline day, you know, it's if I have if I have like a office job and I've had all types of gigs on all types of trade deadlines, that's, you know, um, you know, I've hardly ever paid any attention at that job on trade deadline day. But um, when if you can get on something when the news breaks first, that's that's preferred um, picking up a guy speculatively um, and stashing him. You know, there are a handful of players. Maybe we'll touch on them today. Maybe we'll touch on them soon. Um, that I think you can stash just in case of a trade happens. I'll throw one example out. It's pretty well known. Um, Isaiah Jackson, you know, if uh, it was a Miles Turner trade, um, you're yeah. probably looking at a top 50 player. So you can go ahead and stash that player the week of the trade deadline. Depends how deep your league is, and it depends how deep your team is. You know, if you have a few holes um, and you have one guy you really would love uh, you, to have on your roster in a new role, in a role that could happen with a trade, you can take a shot, but I would not overcommit. I think it just, it depends on how many spots you got to play with and make sure you have a couple moves on trade deadline day.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that seems really smart. So I, I agree with that. I was, I was thinking about this earlier today and uh you like one of the casinos? Are you a casino guy? I'm
0: way too frugal and um realistic. I will go in with like, 40 bucks and once I lose the 40 bucks I can't play anymore and once I double it I stop playing too because I don't have any faith that so yeah I'm very like rigid but it's a good time um it's fun to roll around was I was in a casino in Biloxi Mississippi recently and they have those old-fashioned cranking machines we called it the Cranko and it was fun to kind of crank it but
1: yeah I don't want I don't want to come out
0: smelling like smoke down 200 bucks rather do that
1: at home Oh, that's that's pretty pretty smart. I, on the other hand, love casinos. God, a, I fucking love sense. casinos so much. And I, didn't I love know that Vegas. Much, I did. Yeah, I love Vegas. I love, I I absolutely love casinos. <laughs> but I guess I was uh, kind of thinking about uh, kind of the week of of NBA trade deadline as far as your move goes to um, my favorite table game, which is roulette. Um, and wh- I just love playing roulette. The way I like to do it is like put most of my money on pretty safe hits you know I'm, I'm putting like you know like five bucks ten bucks on black five bucks ten bucks on 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 odds but i always like to throw one on just that singular number 45 out there 22 mm-hmm. whatever it is and i feel like when it comes to um and uh and forgive me if this uh explanation is a little rambly but uh when you, it comes to the okay well at least uh maybe one of the viewers out there yeah. if, if you forgive me let me know but um uh, it comes to that week of pickups that uh I like to kind of have one kind of of those lottery tickets out there so I'm as I'm making the moves be like okay like I'm looking for guys that can give me maybe 90% of production otherwise but I'm not necessarily playing it safe by picking up uh you know Malik Monk or uh um Bruce Brown's, you know, that particular week, looking for yeah, uh, totally kind of it, it's the it's the right week to kind of get somebody that maybe isn't quite as good, but you still is going to help you to win that week, even if a trade doesn't help you.
0: So would you say hands off the glue guys to start that week,
1: let them chill? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I you know I'm a big glue guy, but I would 100 percent agree with what you just said there.
0: I love that. So this is, I think we're in unison. It sounds like
1: this is kind of the anti glue guy list. Um.
0: So I'm going to go ahead and jump in, get us kicked off. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a pair of teammates here. Um, I'm not going to give a long rambling spiel before I announce my first player. My first player is Kenyon Martin Jr. uh, of the Houston Rockets. Uh, So he has stepped into a bigger role of of late with Kevin Porter Jr. out. Um, He has averaged 13 points and eight boards in the past seven games. Uh, His minutes have went up from 24 to 30. Um, and I feel like he should probably be on a roster at this point. Um, he, if I was doing an off-the-cuff, all-trade deadline watch team, I think he would be a starter. Um, because for the love of God, can we get Eric Gordon out of Houston? Um, He's. <laughs> I was looking at the uh, next man up feature you, you mentioned um, on the pod that I had told you about. And it's crazy how many guys Eric Gordon is clogging uh, the way for, which is, seems silly, but, but he really is. Um, so the other player on this list, it's a, like I said, it's a tandem, and I kind of want to talk about it at the same time. Uh, so with Kenny Martin, you're getting really steady points and rebounds. For as athletic as he is, the stocks aren't quite there. Um, but this next player, Tari Eason, that's your stocks guy. Um, so look no further than the Rockets. Other suppressed young athletic forward if you're looking for stocks. Um, so yeah, uh, Eric Gordon, I think is, is high on my wish list of, can we get the, get this guy the hell out uh, of the way? <laughs> Tari, and, and get ready. Please forgive me. Nate. I'm about to hit you with some per 36 and I searched for per, per 32s and they don't exist yet. And I'm not, doing they the don't math. exist. They don't exist. <laughs> I'm not doing the math, but it just gives you a, a nice little crystal ball. And I think it's helpful. So Tari, per 36, you're getting 15.3 points. 10 boards, just under two dimes. He is six in the NBA in steals per 36 at 2.1. You're getting over a block a game and a three and a half a game. Um, And with Gordon out of the lineup, this is not per 36. This is per 25, the 25 minutes he played against the Cavs uh, yesterday. Uh, He had 18 points, 11 rebounds, three dimes, and a block. And he has had eight stocks in his past three games. So these two guys are guys, if you have the room, and I want to get your opinion on both of them, which one you prefer, um, and which one you think would step into a larger, uh, more consistent role for fantasy if they trade. Eric Gordon's needed to be traded for the past four deadlines, so um, I'm pretty high on both of these guys. Um, Kenny Martin's giving you a little bit more consistent production now, but the ceiling on Eason, I don't think you'd find very many players on the wire with more potential post-trade deadline upside
1: than Tari Eason. Yeah. I ironically I was planning to lead with those two guys as well. That's, that's um, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty amazing. I um uh, and and I agree. It has felt like the Eric Gordon trade has been there's been smoke for the last few seasons. But I kind of think actually whether or not he gets traded or or not the season um is maybe uh besides the point. I mean, it seems like really their front court, they they have six guys that they're playing some sort of developmental roles in. I mean, between Jabir, uh, Jabari Smith, Shangoon, um, Jason and, Tate, and uh, Garba, uh, you have, there's six guys, you know, uh, four of those guys who are first round picks, high first round picks um, that, you know, so you kind of want to see what all of those guys have in there. They're all younger players. So uh, I think really I, what I'm, wondering is if the rockets you know in and, and, which isn't to say they can't do the where gordon trade and they probably should but uh i think it'd be worth their time to look at thinning out that crop a little bit because i would imagine if a contender looks at one of these guys and says oh you have this 23 year old guy who who's per 36 or kind of through the roof let, let me snag that let me snag him um kind of clear that up a little bit because you know all six of those guys have have started at some point this season um you know i think you know i i guess it it is interesting between the Tar Easton and and uh headhunter junior uh kenny martin but uh one of the, he was the number guys, one overall
0: pick in 2001 and one of the worst drafts of all time I don't know if you ever went back in yeah. 2002 i think but god is trash
1: if they if they kept the stats for like uh like four Forearm collisions on other people's domes, he would have been through the roof on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, both those guys are great. I mean, and you've kind of had that we've had a little sneak peek into that, you know, the last week or so with uh, with Smith out. Um, they've kind of and then also with uh, uh, I mean, just kind of had a little bit of injuries in there. So both those guys have gotten some pretty good minutes. They, I, I'm curious on any of them I think really realistically of those four guys I mean uh that aren't owns if, if that crop got thinned out I would hop onto any of them because I think I see potential in there I mean Tari Easton is the guy who I'm probably most intrigued with just because of as you mentioned that that 3.8 stocks per 36 um but I mean really he's he's producing at this point I mean he's He's had 17 games a season with 20 minutes or more, and he's putting up 11 and 7 over in two stocks with 50 percent field goal rate just in, just in that limited playing time. Which that alone, if you're in a punt three throw build, is 117 with just the barest, hardly getting any minutes.
0: Right. Yeah, and I I think there are a few blue guys that I'd probably rather. I'm gonna my blue guys. I'm going to refer to our last podcast specifically. Continuity at this point I would probably rather roster Tyrese And then Quentin Grimes through the deadline Just to see what happens and like You said you know the minutes he's playing over 20 he's producing you know And trusting those rotations you're going to have To take some L's every once in a while You're going to have a dud and it can Be hard to write it out depending on The depth of your league which I bring up a lot um, But yeah uh, it's, it's, it's one of those players that's like Hard to watch him hanging out on the wire just like Shingoon last year, uh, you know, I was the guy who didn't stop picking up Shingoon. You know, I was the guy that um, brought him up on our first, on the Projecting the Jump pod. And I am the guy who owns him in our league and I am the guy who's enjoying it. <laughs> so, but let that, but also, and that's not just a, that's not just a flex. Um That's a, that's a cautionary tale that Eason could be tantalizing and he could flash. But like Shingoon last year, uh, there's a chance that he's getting 18 to 20 minutes in april which makes no damn sense but just be aware there's a wide range of outcomes with any of the you know steven silas uh decisions you know because they are very inconsistent but uh but yeah easton shouldn't be floating around most 12-team league wires i
1: think that's a great point i mean it's 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 a two-pronged thing first you have to figure out identify the guys that that pop and second off you have to be strike it at the right time because right. you don't get any bonus points for picking no. them up four weeks early, uh, or six or a season too early. That's, that's a great point.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You don't want to be so afraid
0: to miss out that you're holding on to something that it just doesn't take.
1: Yeah. I got to give the Rockets credit. I mean, for, sure. I mean, they're, for being, a, they're a pretty poor team, but they have seemed to have, I mean, I guess it's, it's probably an organizational, uh, emphasis, but, they have done a really good job of finding and, you know, kind of plucking some of these power forward big men out. Uh, I mean, and they got, I mean, they got Jason Tate and Kenya Martin for free pretty much. I mean, those guys were both undrafted. So uh, I think kudos to the Rockets on Elisa um, of kind of doing a good job of that positional group. It's true. It's true.
0: Before we move on from the Rockets, I wanted to point out that there's, an unlikely correlation because they played very different positions. Uh, but with with Kevin Porter Jr. out, a lot of players have benefited, but who's benefited the most is Alvin Shingun. Uh, his minutes mm-hmm. are up from 26 to 33. Is he, I'm I'm not going to go over all his numbers, but they're through the roof because much like Nikola Jokic said, a depressor, and I think we've talked about this, and, you know, they're um, – I think maybe the Rockets coach in Stafford Brass got a hold of that clip. Did, I sent it to you one night. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I was also talking to another buddy about it. But after the Nuggets played the Rockets, um, Joker was like, yeah, they really need to start running the offense through that guy a little more. He's a really skilled passer. Mm. You know, you could, and so now you know they are running the offense through him, and he's exploding. So as much as I love KPJ um, – I don't know. Where are you out on his stock as, as a as a develop developmental player at this point? Now that we've seen the Rockets offense making more sense without him in it. And they're playing well, I think
1: he's a I think he's a terrible NBA player. I, know, I, I think know. he's he's awful. I mean, whatever, but like you you ride those stats. Like if someone if if somebody's given the opportunities, you take the free roll and the stats. Um but it I mean it sucks, think, he sucks. Like it I guess, sucks. Yeah. I want him not to suck. I don't know, it seems like kind of a prick. I, I don't know. I don't feel so bad for him. But uh I will say on the Shangun subject, uh I I, I love watching Shangoon. He's very he's very fun. The the way he passes, it's like these really like uh elliptic, like circular, like mm-hmm. long arms passes. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh of watching my like year and a half year the old child. Um she'll kind of oh. just do these like big giant arm motions to, like yes. pick up like milk jugs and like binkies. And it's like every movement is like is really long and like uh and I feel like it's the same way with Shangun. It's it's oh. it feels like he's pl- playing out there. It, it's 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 cool to watch. I love it. He's like one of those the um...
0: Waving arms, blowy dudes outside of the <laughs> use, use card line.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. You don't know which one he's going to do, but yeah, that's a great analogy.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, Shingun shout out. Much, much love to Shingun. Um, okay, I'm going to hit you with this one because I'm really excited about this. Um, yep. So this player isn't necessarily underutilized, meaning like it's a crime. This team isn't giving this player 26 minutes a game because it, it doesn't make sense. But I do think that they would, this player is capable of stepping to a, a much bigger role and producing for fantasy. Um, this player is averaging 2.3 blocks per 36 minutes, which is 10th in the league. But over the past two weeks, he's actually averaging two blocks a game off the bench, um, Five points, six boards. I want to ask you if you can figure out who this player is. Um, they're 8% owned on Yahoo!, and uh, we have given them an affectionate nickname in the past uh, during last year's trade deadline.
1: Uh, oh, is this the prize? This is the prize. This is Drew Eubanks. Wow, Drew, Drew Eubanks, yeah. I think we need to give him a little shout-out because
0: he might be the best block streamer nobody ever uses. These um,
1: hops are kind of shocking. It's right? amazing. He looks like this ground-bound guy, and then he gets up. I really got to give it to him. And part of it is that the, he does that hair gel. So it looks like he's, his, you know, his hair is so tall, kind of looks like he's going a little bit higher, but he's been great.
0: Yeah. And I just, I think he fits this list in the way I was thinking of it. Like a player, like if Nerd does go down, Eubanks is a must-add player in all situations. Yes. You know, this is a and great so, one. Yeah. And it was a little deeper cut. I was surprised, but I actually was just going through. The per thirty six stat, seeing who jumped out to me, and I was like, "Eubanks got to be on this list." Um, yeah, I think he he he's not he's not a starting center for a playoff team, right? I mean, you watch him more than I do. No, nope. no, okay. But for fantasy, uh, he could be a starting center uh, if he you know if he gets twenty four minutes a game. But right now, if you need blocks, um, and you know, I texted you today, and I was like. Sometimes I find little nuggets that I don't want our league mates to specifically hear. And this is one of those nuggets because no one's picked him up. I guarantee you the next three days, someone's going to pluck the prize off the wire and
1: scream in six
0: blocks.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, I thought the same thing when Nurk went out last game too, he was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, he went out. I, and I guess it, and part of it is uh, I'm glad you brought him up because I'm, I was kind of wondering, I was like, which coach, uh, which coach hates their starting center more Chauncey to Nurk or Willie Green to Jonas Valanciunas? Oh, that's tough.
0: Yeah, man. Um, I would say, I would say Valanciunas is riding the pine a little more often, not in foul trouble, just due to um, the type of basketball they can play with them on the floor. But uh, but yeah, they're up there. They're up there. Actually, <laughs> this list. I have another one. I won't do. I won't spoil it now. But I have another center that's like, how is that guy not getting more minutes on this list?
1: Yeah, the the Eubanks one is good too, and it he's a it's a nice bonus because he's he's a center, but he also has power forward eligibility, so you can really yep. play him all over the place. Right. Um, which kind of gives you quite a bit of movement there, even as a you know, even if Nurk doesn't get traded, they're kind of he can you can kind of sneak him in a little bit. That that's a really good one.
0: Gives you as much as much movement as one of those blowy things that the used car dealership. Yep, yep. All right, we got.
1: Uh, I'll I'll keep it in the center category and keep it short too, because this is somebody we've we've talked about in previous pods. But I feel like, um, and we've kind of we've covered this rotation pretty regularly. But I feel like just needed to touch on it real quick, um, because it seems like it was applicable for this. And that was Mark Williams of the Hornets. Um, it seems like, I mean, you you brought up Isaiah Jackson. It's kind of an obvious ad, um, but I do think that uh i i the the more the closer we get to the deadline the more i feel pretty certain they're going to train trade plumley they better Um, dude they got to what a waste to he's on an expiring deal and it's a nine million dollar expiring deal super super movable um and so it's i think you're gonna see it i mean his minutes have kind of ticked up a little bit he's averaging 16 minutes a night post Christmas um, but you know I just think that when Plumley is moved you're probably looking at a league winner um, you know but that's but that kind of comes into that speculation play I feel like do you, do you add him do you add him just prior to the deadline in confidence that he gets moved or are you just kind of hope that you have that quickest trigger finger when the news comes out
0: it's a great question, and it really does go back to league size. I have a league that I've mentioned before, my public league, where the, there's more starting spots, the bench is deeper. Um, and I would say, I think it's three more players every team has. I think it's three. Uh, and Mark Williams is owned, and he's, he's been owned. I had him for a minute, didn't stick with it. Uh, but in a league our size, I think there's, you know, half of the rosters really can't, there's no one that they could cut for a speculatory Mark Williams right now. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of fun because then it's like, you know, all hands on deck if something happens. I do like that about our league being a little more on the shallow side. It, it, it is kind of fun because then it's like the wild, wild west when something hits, people can't hoard all of the guys we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just depends on your league. But I do think, yeah, um, Mark Williams is one of the best stashes in the league. Uh, God, they better trade him. Um yeah, we have covered yeah. him a lot. I'm glad you brought him up because I, I didn't for that reason, but he needs to be on this list and I'm glad you mentioned him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I figured we just brought touch on him before we move on to who, who your next guy. Yeah,
0: it's kind of funny because uh speaking of asinine non trades, if they don't happen and sticking in the centers category, uh I'd say a tie for the player that needs to be traded the most would be would be Plum Dog and Yaka Pertle. Spurs mm-hmm. have to move Yaakapurtle. Mm-hmm. You know, I was texting with, with uh with Atley, social media manager, just about his frustrations. And he I think it was in the group text we had going. And he uh he basically said he'd rather have Rudy Hachimura than Yaga Pertle, And I was like, man, <laughs> for one, Rudy Hachimura rant, that's for another time. I'm not a Rudy Hachimura guy. You know, he's a he's an empty calories points and threes player. Um, and you know, you can he's basically DeAndre Hunter light. Um, so yeah, um, we're not gonna talk about him a whole lot today, I don't think, but um, I don't think he's a mustown player. Yalcaportal is a mustown player, um, but I was taking a look at the season he's having and taking a look at, you know, his production last year. His minutes are down three a game from last year, so I was like, why? Why is that? It's not his foul rate; it's actually down this year um, to two point six. Last year it was a little over three. His free throw percentage, not the coach's bench for that reason, but his free throw percentage is up from fifty uh, percent to sixty percent. Um, Purtle's in his age 27 season, you know, I think all signs point to Purtle being ready to have a career year. Um, and per 36, again, I'll hit you with your, with that sweet, sweet, um, just about 17 points, almost 13 rebounds, four dimes, block and a half over a steal and only 3.6 fouls. Um. And I, the reason I mentioned fouls is because with big guys, with a lot of these big guys we're talking about, they can get into foul trouble. But there was a game the other day. Um, I was watching Pertle closely, DFS lineup. Um, he had four fouls and he played 15 minutes. And it pissed me off. It, you know, I had his points, rebounds, assists, combined line in a parlay. And he missed it by one in 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And I'm like, get this guy off the Spurs. Like, I, like I, they are committed to the tank. Like, mm-hmm. and it's impressive. But I, we got to get this guy out of there. So if you do roster Yaka-Pirtle, uh hold on. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't you know, don't drop him. I know it's frustrating, but you would think you know the Spurs are going to trade this guy, aren't they? It
1: is, it is interesting a bit, but like there was so much talk coming into this draft of like avoid teams on avoid players on taking teams because they're going to shut down. Like you don't want to have anybody on this on these five teams and. At this point of the season, over halfway through, almost none of that is held true. You I mean like the players no. the good the good players have just been really good. Um, and he's one of the few players where there was that little red flag pre draft that was like, well, they could shut him down or there could limit his minutes. He's like the only guy that they're actually doing that with. Right. Um, and it must be frustrating to be a, a Yucca owner to see him just like dominate and then and realize that you're like, oh, he's their best player too. Like, um, so yeah, I agree. I I would love to see him on someplace else. I uh um and you would think it's gonna happen.
0: You would think so, right?
1: Um
0: you know, it's criminal and he's a great passer. He he has a little bit of the facilitating vibes that we're seeing out of Shingoon right now, yet his usage rate is eighteen point four, which is right next to George Niang, your boy the minivan.
1: Um mm-hmm. which is criminal. So we're yeah. doing the dad ratings.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. And and that matters. Dad bods matter. Dad ratings matter. Um <laughs> but yeah, so I just wanted to rant about that a little bit. Um so let's get let's get Purdle out of San Antonio. Let's get Plum Dog out of Charlotte for the love of God.
1: You got any more yeah. centers? Um, not really, but I have a power forward. Um and this is I mean, I guess we're talking about the um, we were talking about the Royce O'Neal factor of of guys that uh, could step up in the big usage rates, something happens. I, I did want to touch on somebody, and this hurts me to do it because this is one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but I, I, I did want to kind of also identify another guy in that same vein who opportunity doesn't necessarily equate to increased fantasy production. Um, although i think not his fault.
0: pause i have to guess here. Have we talked about this player before on the spot?
1: We haven't. No, not even once. Um although this is this is somebody that i chronically want the blazers to trade for. Uh he's a fourth year player. Um he's oh, good. On a, he's on a Thank great you. team. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh so i think just buyer beware with uh Brandon Clark. Okay. Um who I absolutely love. He's a per minutes monster. Um, and just, he plays so hard. And I just feel like he's one of those guys, um, that the coaching staff just doesn't want to give him extended run for whatever reason. Um, and I've never quite understood that because when he's on the floor, good things happen. Uh, his rebounding rate is through the roof. His energy is really good. Um, and so it's, but I think the one thing we've seen was, especially coming into the season was uh, when JJJ was out, um, we kind of thought, okay, well, this is Brandon Clark's moment. You know, they, the power, starting power forwards out. That's right. His, that's right up his alley. We're going to see a big, big minute spike. We're going to at least see three, four weeks of dominance out of him. But who was it? It was Aldama that kind of got that run, um, early on. you know, and, yeah. Right, and and maybe that was like a spacing thing. They wanted to maintain their spacing, um, but I think we've seen this the last few years where uh, they were luck. They kind of like to keep his minutes in that mid twenties. Um, you know, his over his career, he's averaging twenty one minutes a game over the over that four over his four year career, um, and he's only started twenty five games.
0: Yeah. I agree with everything you're saying, and it, it's played out that way for most of the season. However, um, I feel like this take was chronologically frozen and um, about you know four days ago because since Steven Adams went out, I think the problem is they only want to play him at center, and they don't really want to play JJJ at center for whatever reason. But over the past two games um, against the Warriors and the Timberwolves, he has played big minutes, and he's produced. And hmm. have you, I don't know if you've caught any of those games, but yeah, he's played 32 – 28 minutes and his chemistry with jaw looks like they never skipped the a beat, which speaks to your point. Uh, I don't know why they don't want to play this guy, but some of the alley-oops they throw together. It's like, it's like, you know, Kobe to Shaq in their early aughts. Like there was one today, it was just on a rope, like through a bunch of dudes hands. Like, like they have incredible pick and roll chemistry and they're one of the best lob tandems in the league. So I agree with you. This guy, sh- they got to find 24 minutes for this guy. Even if it comes out of Steven Adams pocket. Um, when he's healthy, I feel like, because I love the way they play when he's on the damn floor. So I 100% agree with you. But I think uh, right now, um, with Steven Adams out, I, I think that maybe we'll get to see temporarily that Brandon Clark that that you love.
1: I, I, I hope that's right. I, I guess I... I, I wanted to bring this up precisely because Stephen Adams was out for so many yeah. weeks, um, and we've seen some big games. We saw that big Lakers game, uh, whatever that was, maybe five games ago, um, and then we saw the big Warriors game. Um, and so I think, I guess I, I you just don't have I a lot of faith to in it. Yeah. Of, I don't. I don't have a ton of faith in the coach at this point. Uh, I mean, he's. He's right at the for the season, he is playing the ninth most minutes on his own team. That is crap. Uh, Um, yeah, which is pretty surprising. And 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 really, if you go through their roster, they have of like that power forward center combination, they have nine guys that are getting double digit minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, and but the strange thing is when it comes to the playoffs, the the coaching staff, right? Yeah, in the Uh, the coaching staff clearly does trust there's trust in him or there's belief Correct. in his skill set, because his minutes go up in the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, when the games clear. really
0: matter and, the, and, the, and the, the going gets rough, Clark gets going. But, you right. know, yeah. in the doldrums of a long fantasy season, it happens every year, man. You're hundred percent right about that. It's a, it's a good take. Um, yes. But if you're a Clark fan, now's the time to grab him and hope. Um, hopefully, you know, Tillman is a big body. He's a rebounder. He's a bruiser. But you know, they have dropped the past two games. They lost to Minnesota today with Clark in the lineup. So I don't know. It's something to monitor, it's something to keep an eye on. Hopefully you, you, we can get a run of you know top 80, 90 production out of Brandon Clark because I love watching him play.
1: Yeah, I would I would love to come back on this in two or three weeks and say, Hey, my bad guys, like you you should have traded for Brandon Clark. Like um, he he's been everything that we kind of thought. I just uh just wanted to throw adult, a dose of skepticism in there just as contrast to a lot of the fantasy write-ups that have been going on. No, that's a
0: good call. No, you're right because it was, it was almost like there was um, like a mechanism that was triggered in like the fantasy, you know, media mm-hmm. community that was like, Brandon Clark, Buffstone, scoop him up, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, we've seen right. this many times. Yep. So, yep. yeah, no, a healthy dose of skepticism should be, um, should be something that you use. Uh we're really yeah. on this we're on the same wavelength tonight. It's a very similar gripe I have in my next one. My next one's a pretty deep cut. He's a younger player. Um his third season. I, I thought that he would take a step up, but he's taken a huge step down in opportunity. Um and that player is Obi Toppin. Mm. You know, somebody we haven't discussed on this podcast. You know, at the end of his Uh, sophomore season last year. He had a 42.11 rebound game. I I didn't write the rebounds down, but I think it was 11 against the Raptors. Um, He's really athletic. Um, It's the seventh or eighth pick just three years ago. And this is a Tibbs thing. He refuses Mm -hmm. to ever play him at small ball five. And I feel like with his bounce and athleticism, a la Brandon Clark, um, he would see a significant boost with Mitch Rob out, with Mitchell Robinson out. But no, he's, everybody else has seen a significant boost, but uh, but not my boy Obi Toppin. So, yeah, so since Mitchell Robinson went out, Cameron Reddish is up 11 minutes a game. Obi Toppin's up four minutes a game. He's playing 17 minutes mm. a game. Reddish is playing 28. Uh, Jericho Sims, 23. And your boy Hartenstein, 22. I'm surprised that one hasn't taken. I just think he's an awkward fit in Tibbs' offense because he does not utilize the centers at all. They're not involved in the offense. And he's right. a feel player, he's a skilled player. Um, you know, you got to be a lob catcher and a shot blocker, and kind of a cardio king to play in the system as a center, which is weird because he had mm-hmm. um, because he had uh, Joe Kim Noah, and he ran a lot of the offense through him. You'd think that uh, your boy Hartenstein could get a little bit of that occasionally.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I've been shocked on the Hartenstein thing. Yeah, it's been a huge especially moment. now, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: But uh, the, I also bring him up so on the positive side, or just on the underutilized team you know, it seems like only if Julius Randall went down, not that's something we want to see happen. Um, could he really get a true rotation role? And I think, you know, if that happens to happen, I, I would, I would take a flyer on Obi Toppin pretty quickly. Uh, I'm, I believe that he could be a really good fantasy player. I don't know how good of an actual player he is, but I think he can put up minutes. You know, if you stuck him, on, you know, the Hornets or if you, tri- you know, gave him all of kenyon martin's minutes on the rockets he got rid of eric gordon i think he would put up similar numbers to kenyon martin i think he is a fantasy producer waiting to happen but he's just for some reason yeah just in his sophomore season he's just been marginalized completely and he's like oh. i mean had you even thought about obi Top in the season
1: no no to be honest i've kind of forgot about him you forgot he
0: existed right
1: yeah yeah he had that um you're right i think i can see him on a uh rebuilding teams uh, getting up and down try, running the floor that, catching lobs. right their pace is through the roof um they're not necessarily winning some games but no, you know they're really an entertaining brand of basketball um you're at the oh, man the hornets take was really good there i think you know what i mean see... because
0: i don't think miles bridges is all that good and he's a piece of shit human uh but i don't think he's an awesome player but i think Obi Toppin catching lobs from the mellow in that role i think you could get Fifteen points, nine rebounds, uh, and you know a trickle of stocks out of Obi Toppin in a you know twenty-five minute roll. That's just my off-the-cuff like outline I have for him, and he was doing that during some silly season run last year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'll be curious to see if they start uh, these guys. They that Tibbs clearly hasn't identified as part of it, their their like roster or the like circle of minute trust. rotation. Yeah, kind of they start shopping those guys a little bit while they still have value um they're gonna try to flip cam reddish
0: and they just got him last year they're probably gonna get less for him than they gave up which you know makes no sense cam reddish is the ultimate like great in a pickup game like the guys respect him but he just sucks on the nba court
1: yeah he's like the guy you build as a 2k player but you only have so many points and you're like oh let's make him tall let's make his shot awesome oh shoot we're all on points let's like make his like feel for the game like uh, 14 we ran out of points
0: it, it's been way too long since we've had a nba 2k live draft drunken live draft play the game out towards the end of the night with one eye I uh, gotta do it. so i just want to let you <laughs> i'm gonna let y'all know that uh the nature on and clean we we've heard your demands and we are going to live stream an nba 2k draft where we draft a fantasy team so you draft the entire league, you know, is available. And, have, you know, 32 teams draft. And then we go up
1: against each other. 12-minute
0: quarters. We're going to live stream the whole damn thing.
1: We didn't want to do it. It's not something that we're, we are we want to do. Yeah, we don't want to. It's not
0: fun for us. Let's work.
1: No, no, no. no. But, yeah, right. Yeah, this is for the people.
0: Exactly. And that's what we're going to have to do.
1: Another thing that I would like to see for the people is, mm-hmm. uh, or I would say, uh, is is for the for the people to immediately pick up whichever and i know if ever i said this take i'm recycling this take um whichever small forward that cleveland trades for at the deadline pick that player up uh you're walking into an automatic starter um and on the flip side of that um if karis LeVert were to go anywhere um you're you he's a must-own player i i was kind of surprised to see harris leverts he's at the moment 51 percent rostered
0: he had two points today nine mm-hmm. rebounds but yeah, yeah it's,
1: kinda... it's but I, I think what's interesting with him i mean like we kind of talked about him a little bit with like i don't think he's that good of a player in general but um uh, but he he's a producer he's kind of like a prime uh i don't know what do you think about like a uh um. Uh, in his prime will, Barton. Who, who are you taking, Karis of Verter, prime will, Barton? Prime will the
0: thrill, definitely. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I just like him better. But no, I think he's a lot like we talked about with the tsunami poppy. He is, uh, he can masquerade as a go to scorer. You can facil- facilitate a bad offense through him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as a starter in Cleveland, he's averaging, uh, 16, four and a half, and five. And I think if he got traded to a team that, uh, he was able to masquerade as a, uh, as a, you know, kind of facilitator, like one of their one or two options. I think those are the floor for him. Um, so I, I guess I was surprised to see 51%. I think um, he's kind of a really good option. If he's available in your league, it's the week of the trade deadline, pick him up because, you know, like, all right, like, you know, it, when he's p- coming off the bench, like he probably should be in Cleveland, those numbers are down a little bit. Um, you know, you're you're seeing closer to 12, 4, and 3, which is still decent. Um, you know, I think you could ride that, and that would help your team that week. But if he does get traded, then you're looking at a uh, kind locked of locked-in rest-of-season guy. Yeah, it
0: makes sense as an outline. I think that Karis LeVert is a little bit in the D'Angelo Russell camp as far as the league's perception of him. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody's going to be reaching out to him and saying, Hey, we want to make you a focal point of our young growing offense at this point. I think that, you know, teams kind of know what he is. So I'm not sure if we'll get that opportunity, but if it does present itself, I think you can put up the numbers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. It's like not something you're excited about, not right. a bait, but yeah. Like I thought it. he
0: would be that on the Pacers. I thought that was his last real shot to do that. it just didn't have for him. So uh, I, you know, I've always kind of enjoyed Caris LeVert, but uh, but yeah, man, uh, I think the end, I think the book is out on him he's a bit of a, a, bit of a black hole for your offense if you use him too much.
1: Yeah. You Do you need another guy for us?
0: I have no other guys.
1: I got I got one more just to roll through, um, and uh, this is a guy that is is a young player too. Is it, I'm kind of going a little out of context, uh, or I mean a little out of character by highlighting so many young guys. Nice.
0: I love it when you love young guys. <laughs> I mean, pay attention to them. You know,
1: for <laughs> I appreciate you uh, noticing that. Um, but yeah, so the guy I want to talk about is uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Oh,
0: Vanderbilt bar.
1: Yeah. Um, he, I, I mean, he underutilizes he, hell on the
0: jazz. Yeah.
1: He is. He really yes, is. Yeah, it sucks. Which is, let it, it out. Kind let of let it out. D- right.
0: Frustrated. I mean,
1: he's 23 years old. He was kind of the considered at the time, the jewel of the gold bear trade. As far as the player returns, they got not not like a little vape jewel, but like the jewel. Yeah. Right. They're not getting sued. Not G. No, 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 no. But I mean, he's 20, he's 23. So he probably is vaping. Let's be honest. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, he's, he's averaged 25 minutes a night uh for the jazz and that's kind of has been the same whether he's been starting or coming off the bench which is kind of surprising his production is pretty much the same as well um i I'll, i feel like if you look at one side of the coin if you look at his his season long ranking he's 74th in that fantasy that seems crazy which seems like that's a uh a i think a cautionary tale towards putting too much emphasis on season rankings his uh his his per game his per game value is 126 which seems a little bit closer to what he's actually giving you um i think a lot of it is just because he's not hurting you anywhere you know he's he's averaging nine eight and three 1.4 stocks pretty good percentages no turnovers you know it gives you three every once in a while um kind of a glue guy jr-ish um
0: but uh
1: yeah like last last year he was a glue guy for the for the temporals he was he really was um so i don't know i think with the with the jazz and i guess i'll be curious to hear what your take is on this but the uh what his pathway what it would take for him to get from 25 minutes up to 30 i mean i think part of the problem has been just his foul trouble. You know, he, he gets in there. He kind of has that young JJJ, um, kind of situation where he just picks up so many early fouls that he's kind of restricted the rest of the way. Um, and will Hardy, the coach for the jazz kind of fouls him out by saying, I'm
0: going to roll with another rotation, find somebody else that's working in the meantime. And then he kind of rides the pine.
1: Yes, exactly. Right. 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 Like basically, like you said earlier, he gets fouled out at four, um, which is a little weird i think the he's something to kind of to monitor you know as the season goes or i mean as we get a little bit closer here um he is 63 percent rostered which is a big number i was kind of surprised to see it was that that high um but you know the jazz at the moment have been kind of uh i mean they're still outperforming all expectations but they're They're 10th in the West right now. So they're kind of trickling down a little bit. So I think, I think, you know, I'm not saying anything crazy here. I think, you know, people are looking for Kelly Olinick to potentially be on the move there, um, which would free up a lot of minutes. I think he's an untouchable
0: at this point, right? They're going to max him out. (laughs) Well, if (laughs) if 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 the old. that's marketing. That's the other <laughs> random white guy we didn't know was this good that they got. In the right.
1: Office. If 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 his agent only talks about the uh, minutes from the first th- or his stats in the first three weeks, then yeah, he is a max player. Um, but I mean, um, also another way. I mean, is Rudy Gay's getting 15 minutes a night for this game for the team too? That's absurd. Um, that's absurd. Yeah. Which I was, I was like, "What?" Like, so he's, I think he, there's—he's a coaches a love there. him
0: all star at this point. Coaches just like him on the floor a little bit, feel comfortable, yeah. it's safe, feel safe, and comforting.
1: Right? They know that he's going to be in the right position. Um, uh, yeah, not making any mistakes.
0: Maybe we should give a quick shout out to the fact that he's found this kind of longevity. Because what's funny about Rudy Gay early in his career is he's kind of one of those erratic, high usage guys that yes. like didn't know where to be and was like all athleticism.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of Connecticut. I mean he was he was drafted what, number three overall out of mm-hmm. Connecticut. And he wasn't even the best player on that Yukon team. Um he was yeah, it was kinda he was not. He was on that team with Charlie Villanueva, I believe. Remember Charlie Villanueva?
0: Oof, he was very sure. like, rough to look yeah, at. It looks yeah, like yeah. someone shaved his whole face.
1: Really well, weird. yeah, he had the he has the disease where he doesn't have the hair, but uh we'll go ahead and edit
0: that out. We didn't know that it was a disease. So Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is um, that true? Is <laughs> that true?
1: Yeah, uh what do they call it? Uh <laughs> Ala Al- Al- No, I'm 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 blanking on it. But it oh, is it is yeah. can't his body can't grow hair. I didn't know. Um, I, didn't know. I didn't know. Forgive me audience. I not know.
0: I mean,
1: well, yeah, you and uh I believe it was Ben Wallace also um had to give a big apology speech about that. Are You serious? But, uh,
0: Damn. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, uh. That makes sense. Yeah, that is what it is. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, your that was a your previous point was really good. That that last point was terrible, but the previous point was really good. Uh, about like he kind of yeah he came in and was just like this like just chucker because he could get all of his shots off. Uh, so yeah, kudos to him on on having such a good longevity. But what do you think about Jared Vanderbilt? I want
0: to. I did want to clarify something for the listeners. I think it could be confusing, and it also gives us a chance. And it's about Vanderbilt. It gives us a chance to to rave and rage against Yahoo as an institution one last time. So when Licky said season rank is seventy four, you know, you, a lot of you listeners will know, but it's that rank. It's that season rank. that you pull up the player. It's just that arbitrary number, and then it actually has their true rank. And so when when they said like you know, um, not to pay too much attention to that or give it too much merit. He's talking about the season rank. And again, I don't know what the hell it is. Before the season starts, they have a rankings, you know, that comes out and they project the players and give them an arbitrary number, which is their season rank. And then it just kind of hangs out in perpetuity and nobody quite knows what it is. Is that your understanding of season rank?
1: Well, I as the season's gone on, I think I've gotten a better under, I don't know it exactly, but I think it's you point, trying to make I, sense this, of it, right? Yeah. At this point of the season, I I've at least assigned value to it in that I think that on the top of the screen, you click it right next to their picture. That's their total ranking for the season. So guys that have played every game get a really high ranking.
0: Oh, and right. Totals, if, totals.
1: And then, it, and then if you click on it and you scroll down to what their season is, that's yeah. their per game average, which I don't know, which, which actually this is a good time to ask at this point of the season, where do you assign more value to? I mean, like, uh, with guys that are, you know, like, obviously there's injuries. You know, like, oh, yeah, that, that dude was out for three weeks or four weeks or whatever. But, I mean, I, I guess in general, do you put more value on the per-game ranks or on the totals?
0: So, season rank is based on total stats accumulated for the season as a big number pile. Right. Like how Carl Malone never missed a game and he would lead the NBA in total rebounds, but then Charles Barkley would play 68 games for the Suns because he always had an injury and would lead the NBA in rebounds per game quite often, stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, the season rank can be a little bit skewed. I mean, you anyone can get hurt at any time. So just because somebody has compiled 568 rebounds because they played 60 games and another player's averaging four more rebounds but they've missed 15 games but they're back and they're rolling i would still go off the. you know i try to look at trends i like to to compare the last two weeks to the season and take you want to dive into it more than just depending on one or the other if you're just like deciding to like default to season rank versus uh, the actual average rankings and that's all you're doing then you're making a mistake either way then you want to look into it a little more than that but when i'm looking at a player real quick you know for you know if i'm just picking someone up off the yahoo app you know i'm looking at how their last week or two weeks have gone i'll compare it to the season i don't even look at the season rank i only use that if i think it can influence trades i don't get i would never cared about it but it's i guess i'll pay a little more attention to it now that i realize it's just the uh accrued stats totals that's interesting that is interesting just you know the iron man rank i guess
1: right and there's some i mean i feel like it's helpful with some guys, that, you know that you you know that there's some players like, uh, uh, you know, like Larry Nance or whatever. You're like, all right, he's only gonna play 55 games every season, um, that you know. But uh, yeah, so I mean, but um, but yeah, I, I like your your thought of it. Uh, it is it's more about the trends than it is about the totality because what they did for some owner previous or early in the season has no impact on what they're gonna do. To, for the next month
0: it's really interesting i'm just kind of stuck on that now i'm going through different players and go, oh that's why that's that way uh like Clapella, mm. for instance he's number 84 in season rank he's missed a lot of games but he's 41st on the season by the average so you have to split it in half when you're looking at the totality and that adds up when you know the games missed. that's that makes sense
1: right I'm- yeah yeah it was it, it, the light finally like Uh, illuminated for me this season after a couple seasons of being like, I don't know, I guess I'll just divide them in half and go in the middle. Well, thank you for illuminating. Uh,
0: I now have the light on for me, and I will use that. But I've always saw season rank as like, if if I thought it was really skewed, I'd use that as a way to try to be like, well, you know, maybe I could someone will bite on a trade and they'll see that sexy number hanging out. Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt 73, and I view them as, you know, in the 130 to 150 range it would be nice if somebody would value the
1: 73 in a trade. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really, if, if you have them and you can get back a top 100 player for them, do it. you probably do uh, at this point. I would rather just, oh, let's have a rapid fire. Are you done with a rapid fire?
0: Yeah. So, and let's use Jan- Jared Vanderbilt as our kind of barometer because we do have a lot of big guys and just kind of run through them. So say Vanderbilt's role kind of hangs out the way it is. Um, would you rather roll with Vanderbilt or roster Kenny Martin Jr. right now?
1: Uh, at the moment, I think until the dre- till the deadline, I would do Kenny Martin. What about Tari Easton? Well, Tari- I would rather have Tari Easton than than Kenny, Man- Kenny Martin. So if you're holding if you're holding Vanderbilt, and I know Eason's and I there, know his minutes aren't as high as Kenny Martin's, but I like I like what Tari Easton brings profile wise. Yeah, I agree
0: with you, but you'd make that move. If- if one was out there and you're holding Vanderbilt?
1: I would, yeah. But if there wasn't any change on the Rockets depth chart after the trade deadline, I'm going to go back to Vanderbilt because I like his uh, glue guy-ish tendencies.
0: That makes sense. Another question as far as, say you are the Plumley owner or say you are the um, Pirtle owner and you have a spot. Uh, I think both Mark Williams and our boy, uh, Crunch Time Collins <laughs> over there in San Antonio, um yeah. what Zach Collins. Yeah. So I think yeah. Zach Collins and Mark Williams are both, you know, passable right now. Um, and if you have the other player, say they get dealt to a team, they go to that team, they have their new role, and then the other player steps in as the starter. So say you have um plum dog, would you be more likely to roster Mark Williams as the trade deadlines approaches, and maybe you'll have two starting centers? It's kind of a fun little exercise.
1: Yeah, it is. I I'm so you have the room not, in this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great question, I think. And I think it's totally personal to everybody, but the, personal. I think it, in, in general, I'm, I'm not just because there's so many of these trades coming into the deadline where you see guys, you're like, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, like Eric Gordon's, Definitely gonna get traded. We all know that for a fact. We've thought that last two deadlines. So um, we've thought Gary Harris is gonna be a lock to be traded from Orlando. Terrence Ross from Orlando he lost all his you value in the
0: meantime. Gary Harris, no one even remembers the guy,
1: so they blew that right. one. He needs to have real value. Yeah, and I, so I feel like it's so hard to predict. To predict the trade, and then if you do, if you if if you do predict it, then the one thing you can't account for is what they are bringing back. So even though even if you said like, oh yeah, I feel really confident they're going to trade so and so, maybe they maybe they bring back somebody that blocks your player a little bit. So I think the move the move of of the speculative ad is pretty hard in fantasy, unless I mean the one thing. I guess the one thing is the the trade deadline is, is on a Thursday, which um, I think it – is it always on a Thursday?
0: Yeah, as far as I remember. So,
1: I mean, so, I mean it's a Thursday. If you're in one of those matchups where you're, you have a huge game advantage, it's Wednesday, you're blowing your opponent out, then I, maybe I'd feel differently, um, and I would just use those speculative ads. But in general, it feels like such a, a dice roll.
0: It's, it's, well, it's well thought out. So you wouldn't be more or less likely to roster Mark Williams if you had Plum Dog or Collins if you had Pirtle. It would just be a wash. Either way, you wouldn't factor that in. I wouldn't. Would you? Depends. In certain situations, perhaps. Like, if I already think that uh, Mark Williams is somebody I want to roster with the idea that Plumlee gets traded and I have a deep roster... I might be a little more likely if I'm the family owner because it is interesting to know that one of those players will probably step into either the same role or a larger role. It just gives you more variance. I like the variance idea and then you can kick one to the curb. This is only if you have a deep roster, deep, you know, it's a deep league in a 14 team league and people play those. I would do it in a 14 team league. I would just see because the ceiling of that is a different position comes back or, you know, the Spurs trade yeah. hurdle and, and they get garbage in return because they want to suck. And then you have Pirtle say he gets traded to the Raptors and, you know, takes 26 minutes there and nobody comes back to the Spurs. And then Collins is playing 28 minutes instead of whoever he's playing now. It's an interesting exercise. I, who knows if it'll play out, but yeah, just as a thought exercise, I would try it if I had the room and if, if I was in a deeper league.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I feel like like with all these things, it's all about your situation and and where you're at and what your roster spots are and and where you're at in the standings.
0: Exactly, which is why we have to put on our like scenario hats and go into different scenarios, so we can kind of think it out. Like, yeah, in certain situations, I think it would be a fun, a, you know, just a fun roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. My camera has moved on me so much.
1: Oh yeah, I I, I kind of like this. I mean, we're getting a really like uh, we're getting a good glimpse of your of your was that left eye there? Yeah, my left side. Yeah, good side. It's the good side
0: partially the good side, Um all right, well, uh that is all I got. Um you got anything more? I think I think we wanted to kind of keep it shorter today. Um you gonna get the trade deadline off work? So we can maybe roll something out that day?
1: Uh if I'm not bottling, I, I would I think that'd be really fun. I know. Um yeah I'm gonna give that a try. Let's tease it. So
0: we're hoping to do something the
1: day of the trade deadline. Potentially
0: we could do um, a YouTube stream that day and then roll out the podcast later and try our, try a live stream. So just throwing it out there by that time uh, that that might be around, around the time we're starting to do stuff on YouTube too. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great if it was.
0: What's your shirt say? I see you
1: get Washington.
0: on T shirt. Uh, let's, let's see that.
1: Yeah. It says Washington state of mind. Um, state of mind. Like a, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like, a, uh, I think it's like a rip on an Elton John, uh, you know, song.
0: I know New York State of Mind by Nas is the first thing that came in my mind. Oh,
1: right. Yeah, Nas wrote that so Frank yeah, Sinatra,
0: a... I think, bit off it later, but it was like a Nas track thing.
1: Oh, okay. I always thought it was Elton John. but uh, yeah.
0: uh, um... <laughs> Getting some bunny ears back there. Is there a human behind you?
1: Oh, maybe there is. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh,
0: there is. There's a small human, a tiny human below you.
1: Uh, Wait, is it, yeah. can we get
0: an appearance at the end of this podcast? Is that Bonnie?
1: Uh no no that isn't. That's uh uh that's my wife coming back from the bars.
0: That's
1: okay. Yeah.
0: Emily's looking huh? pretty 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 small back right there. <laughs> All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up real smoothly like we usually do. Um <laughs> All right, so for Nature on Clean, this is Flying J. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for grinding it out to the end. I hope you had a couple laughs at our expense. Uh, please do remember to share this podcast with, with a friend, somebody who might be interested in our takes or just want to uh, enjoy making fun of us. Uh, you know, we want to provide entertainment and information that is helpful to the fantasy player, whether you play fantasy or you don't. Um, if you love basketball or you like cool dudes um please share this podcast with a bud
1: yeah and if and if you haven't had the opportunity just uh right at the end of this pod if you wouldn't mind just uh, going over and giving mm-hmm. us a five star review or or throwing a comment on that we'd love to see that and uh and it actually seems like it, it helps quite a bit so we appreciate everybody yeah. who's done that so far and everybody that's listened but uh yeah if you could just give us that five star review that would be uh uh, huge help that's true
0: thank you for being humble couldn't set it better myself
1: all right for nature on claim
0: flying Fly jay and uh emily doherty in the background the homie um this has been projecting the job later all right later